Well, hello and welcome to the Gyanban Experience, a simple podcast in the complex world of the wobbly folk and the wise. Think of it as a slow burn podcast with a carousel of experiences which surround us each day. With deep insights on topics ranging from facts to fiction, reality to entertainment and society to culture, this is your one-stop shop for a sanity check in this mad world. So if you're here for the first time, congratulations. Give yourself a pat on the back and thank you for choosing clarity over cacophony. If you need more clarity, simply scroll down to hear more such episodes and things will become clear to you. If you like what you hear, then don't share with those who don't care. And if you're a regular, thank you for tuning in. You are the reason we do this. I'm your host GB and you're listening to the Gyanban experience. I often wonder when did we transition as a country from being this happy, hospitable, smiling, almost happy go lucky kind of a nation to this very angry agitated frustrated country that's the impression one gets as you scroll through any social media timeline referring to the recent tanishk jewelry ad which has created a furor it's an ad where a hindu woman is married into a muslim family and it celebrates the union of two souls it celebrates human emotions with a backdrop of unity and harmony yet there was a national outrage so much so that, that the agency that did the ad or the company that did the ad had to withdraw the ad now that is very sad because something that promotes humanity human relations and emotions is halted now you might think hard what's wrong with people why would anybody want to do that now as hard as it might be let's try and understand the opposite end or the set of people who are upset by it if there were 100 people who are upset by the ad and i know there are perhaps 70 to 80% of those 100 people will be those trolls who have just jumped on the bandwagon who have no real story for themselves they just play along the narrative and create disharmony and some of these are fake accounts from not just india but from outside india as well they are specifically created to spread communal disharmony in the country it's a targeted campaign but if you keep those aside there still will be 25 30% who would be genuinely not happy with the portrayal of that ad and who are these people who would not be happy they would be those who have suffered on account of a similar experience if there were instances where their loved ones next of kitten kin suffered a traumatic fate or owing to a similar union they would be genuinely upset i'm just trying to try and understand those set of people so if they are upset if they are unhappy one needs to respect their loss they have lost somebody close to their own now let's not go into 
or before we go into judging what is right and what is wrong let's first acknowledge that there will be a certain section of the society which has genuinely been affected by a similar union and this particular ad would have evoked some painful memories would have perhaps brought back some trauma or ignited some raw wound or some unhealing would have likely happened it's possible that said the way to solve a problem is by way of maturity by way of accountability and by way of strong governance in the absence of these three elements or at least these three elements the chances of conflict are even more higher and that's why taking law into your own hands is not the solution so in many instances where two families who have not got along with each other for various reasons they have fought tooth and nail lost lives along the way and continue to do so over generations or years that's a reality unfortunately but solving it through a national outrage like this is is that the right way to do it a stronger demand has to be for the framework under which these grievances could be addressed now is there a framework the lawmakers would argue well we've always had laws it's people who don't follow well those people who don't follow laws where are they being held accountable now that's where the slip between the cup and the lip happens that there are way too many people who break laws and there are fewer people who get convicted and therefore it sets up a precedent that i can do what i want and then we'll see how it goes add to that a dash of corruption here and a dash of manipulation there and and what happens is a concoction where people begin to believe they are bigger than the law of the land and in countries such as ours tradition plays a very big role and we are a country which is transitioning or trying to transition from tradition into modernity as we know they both exist at the opposite ends of the spectrum bringing them close together is an incredibly difficult task I'll give you an analogy but think of the companies act the act by which companies register there's a companies act it was established in the year 1956 it contained 658 sections and about 15 schedules now if that were to hold true in 2020 would it make sense at all i'm guessing not why because that act was created which was appropriate for that time perhaps a bit forward looking if you will say take 10 years so a companies act which got created in 1956 is perhaps accurate for 1966 and if you really stretch it say 1976 but that's when the society of 1976 would have been very different from the society of 1956 and therefore it warranted a change but did the change happen then no it did not the change happened in 2013 the new companies act of 2013 has 464 sections and seven schedules it is still a way forward saying that people have acknowledged that what worked once did not does not work now 
can we apply a similar thought process for tradition what worked then the set of instructions the set of guidelines which formed over time as tradition were applicable and useful and accurate for the time they were designed i don't know if the set of instructions that were used to govern the set of people say a thousand years ago were designed in a way to be constant for centuries and centuries together i don't think the lawmakers of that time thought that once i make that becomes once i make a set of rules or instructions for governance or living your life they were to never change ever i don't think they said that this law this rule will be in existence forever and correct me if i'm wrong i, I might not know this in depth but i don't think that was the case that any set of instructions that were shared at the time by the wise people of those times were meant to last forever they were meant to govern give a sense of purpose and direction to the set of people of those times and we followed them over years and years and years but to continue to follow them in this day and age is where the conflict starts to happen because it clashes with your immediate practical reality the counter argument is therefore do you want us to let go of tradition is that the way forward well i'm not comfortable doing that and if you did let go then there will be no purpose there would be no identity people would feel lost and are you saying we only follow modernism or the modern way how do you know that is correct because the age old traditions have consistently proven to be correct so why change them now is a counter thought think of it from the other side the modernization or the modernism standpoint where practicality reigns where practicality is given a higher pedestal than say tradition so if it is practical for you to say pray or say your prayers in the car on the way to office over spending an hour at home or in the temple or in the mosque or in the church to pray if former is more practical then that's what you do it doesn't mean you love your god any lesser or respect your god any lesser yes you could plan your day better that you still find time to do both possible but as we modernize as we become more practical we realize that our priorities change over time what do you value more if you value the immediate earning money career financial security a responsibility and accountability towards your job then that's what you will prioritize that doesn't mean you deprioritize your faith your religion your belief systems but you plan your day in such a way where you balance both or you sequence it in such a way that you don't compromise one over the other so when you talk about tradition and modernism somewhere one needs to hit this overlap or this common ground or this meeting point and this meeting point often happens by way of education education introduces an element of rationality education introduces tolerance education op- opens your eyes to how people coexist in other forms of society in other parts of the world 
and so why can't you so long story short we as a country our strength of our country lies in the fact that we are 1.37 billion diverse people staying united under one umbrella the point to thing is will we be as strong if 1.37 billion people separate and divide into multiple parts and believe you me there are lots of external forces who'd love to see that happen yeah you know why even have such a large union have it divided into multiple parts and then you get to have your own little homogeneous bit of land of culture of tradition and society will you be as powerful will you be as strong then in a country like india the closer knit we are complementary skill sets make a country richer not poorer so we have to demand proper governance demand accountability ask for stronger frameworks for law and justice to be dealt swiftly and over time the rate of crime will go down they'll never eliminate there'll always be this something that somebody will do crazy that happens but it at least we can ensure it's not as rampant as it is turning out to be today and if we reduce the rate of crime it introduces a generation over time which gets used to this new tradition of living in harmony and over time crime will go down i mean that's a hope right that's what you live for because the reverse of it is heads nowhere if the whole country is fighting with each other north with south east with west religion with religion caste with caste then what's the net result net result is the country crumbles you, none of us want that you don't want that you only are good as one so the next time you see that tanishk ad don't troll at it be compassionate to the people who certainly are affected or impacted by it but then don't outrage or abuse or you know bring the side down as it were everybody needs to rely on coexistence theory i mean if you go back in history it was the british that united us if you will you know so are we saying that unless we get an external threat we will never unite is that the reality you want i don't think so the fact that there is no external perceivable external threat as on date it gives us all the more reason to stick together and be strong so that if at all there is any external threat in the future we can deal with it as one nation if there are any chinks in the wall rest assured somebody will find a wedge and break it into two pieces Well, that's all I have for today. I really hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed sharing it with you. And if you really did like it, do send me a note on gyanban at gmail.com. It's spelled as G-Y-A-N-B-A-N-N at gmail.com or tweet using hashtag G-Y-A-N-B-A-N gyanban. And don't forget to share it with those who might need to hear this and 
I'll make sure I meet you next week with a new experience. Till then, take care and may peace and happiness be with you all the time. Ciao.